you would like to turn with me now to Proverbs chapter 1, we'll be reading from verses uh, 1 to 7. That's Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So today we're going to look through um, the first seven verses of the book of Proverbs. We know the author author of the majority of the Proverbs, there are some other writers, but uh, for today we're going to be looking at the proverb written by uh, Solomon, King Solomon. We know that he is the son of King David. We know from scripture that he was a wise king. And the scripture states this in 1 Kings 10.23, described as a man who excelled in riches and wisdom. So when we read the Proverbs, we can see that here it is written from a, a good source and that we can trust and pay attention to him. He has good credentials. He is a king. He is wise and he comes with a good reputation. But that means nothing unless we understand where Solomon's wisdom comes from. Is it a worldly wisdom? If that is the case, it is of no use to us. 1 Corinthians 3.19 For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh away the wise in their own craftiness. So if Solomon is wise in things of the world, it is no good to us. But there are two reasons that we can trust the Proverbs, that we can trust the sayings of Solomon. First, Solomon's wisdom is from God. It's not of himself. It is not his own capability, his own thinking, his own ability to to look to the world and come out with truth. The Lord asked Solomon what he wanted, what he wanted more than anything as he was to rule the kingdom. Solomon requested wisdom. He didn't request riches or many, many um, acres of land. He didn't request anything of tangible that was there in the world. He asked for wisdom to rule rightly. Verse 12 in 1 Kings 3. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was no none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any rise like unto thee. God blessed Solomon because of this. God saw in Solomon a desire to be wise for the right things, and God blessed him with that wisdom. So we know the source of wisdom isn't from Solomon. It is from God himself. And there is no better place to gather wisdom, is there, from the omniscient God, the all-knowing God, the one who is truly and perfectly wise. 
So we know the wisdom of Solomon is from God. The other reason we can trust the um, the writings of Solomon here is because it is the very word of God. 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is true of Proverbs. It is the very word of God. So the book of Proverbs is scripture. It is God breathed. It is the very word of God. So again, this comes from the all-wise, omniscient God. So we trust these Proverbs. We trust what we read in scripture. Not because they are from Solomon, a good and wise king. We trust and we read them and take them in because they are the very words of God. So there is power in these words. And when we understand them and, and seek to read them and they change us and help us grow in, in the faith, that is through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit and the blessing that we have from reading God's word. So what, therefore, is it? what is a, a proverb then? A proverb is a short statement that reveals truth. It could be despri- uh, uh, described, if we look at it in terms of, of coffee, it's an espresso. It's short, it's strong, it's to the point. There's nothing fancy about it, it reveals truth. And immediately as we go into the first chapter, we are, in the first verse we've seen that the Proverbs is, is written here by Solomon through the inspiration of God. But then Solomon lays out several things that the Proverbs do. He outlines the purpose of Proverbs, and we see this in verses 2 to 5. Let me just read them quickly now. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment and equity, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. So immediately Solomon states that Proverbs aims to to have the reader to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. So what is wisdom? We have to clarify these things and understand what it means by wisdom. Well in scripture, wisdom can be described as skill in living rightly, how to live rightly. And we see um, wisdom um, placed in different parts of scripture that um, speak of skill in war, skill in work, being shrewd and prudent, and being wise and skillful in ethical and religious matters. To to summarise, to know wisdom is to know how to live correctly in God's ways, which is basically how to honour God with our lives. Ecclesiastes 12.13 Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and we'll come to that later, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. The whole duty of man is to keep the Lord's commandments out of love and honour for him, to live rightly, to live wisely. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatever, whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. That is wise living. So these verses give us a purpose. They help us practically to know what it means to live rightly and in wisdom, what we must do to honour God. Now this, bearing this in mind, 
it could crush us. We could look at this and think, this is how I have to live. I, I'm not capable of living in this manner. That is true. We, in, our, in and of ourselves, are unable to live and honour these words that are written in Proverbs in how to live rightly. But when we come to faith in Christ, we are blessed with the Holy Spirit who, who helps us to live in a manner honouring to God. He helps us to understand Proverbs and this is what we will come to shortly. So do not be burdened by the thought of trying to achieve all this in our own strength, for that is not possible. But by the grace of God, we can grow in our faith, we can grow in our obedience through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. But then Solomon moves on from wisdom, doesn't he? He says to know wisdom and instruction. So what does it mean to know wisdom and instruction? Well, we have skill in living, but instruction here means discipline. Proverbs will discipline us. It will correct us. So when we read Proverbs, when we go through it, it will sting, it will hurt. But it will do this in a good way because it will reveal to us where we Ah, where we go wrong, where we sin. It will say, this is the right way to live. And when we read it and compare it to our own lives, we will see that we are still falling short. There are things that we are not doing that will honour the Lord. So it is a discipline to us. It, it chastises us. It shows us the way, how to think. It shows us how to live. And we know, even though we are saved by grace, there are still things in our lives that we still sin. We still have to fight against the flesh. And Proverbs will help us to do this by disciplining us and directing us in the right way. And that is a wonderful thing that the Lord has done for us, to here reveal in Proverbs how we are to live. Now, in today's society, this is seen as evil, to discipline, to be corrected. No longer do, do people want to live rightly. We we compare, we, we no longer say sin is a sin, we say it's something other or we allow it or we say oh it's not really a sin it's it's just it's just an issue that needs to be dealt with but it's not a sin it's not a bad thing or we even say it's good and that's that's because that's my truth no longer do we want our behavior to be corrected but that is a result of a sinful heart and we see the outworking of this we see when right when wrong and evil things are are not corrected or people rebuke that correction um, an example I saw um, a couple of weeks ago was the decriminalisation of drug use in um, in an area in the US. There were children getting off a bus to walk home, or walk, I think it was either to walk home or walk to school. And the street was littered with people who were homeless and take, um, taking large amounts of drugs all laid upon the street. There was no active work there that Drug use had been decriminalised and people were shocked to see why drugs, drug use had grown so much. It's because it had been decriminalised. It was seen no longer as an issue. And we wonder why the world goes to pot when these things, when the things of God aren't followed. So reading Proverbs will correct us. It will hurt and it will show our sin. But it will reveal to us the right way to live in honour of God. And to do that, we come to the, the final the final part in um, verse 2. It gives us understanding. Understanding here is referring to discernment. Discernment is to see what is right and what is wrong. So we look at an issue, we look at something that is going on, 
We study it and we will see whether that is a good thing or a bad thing. And this is partly why the world is as it is. Because it'll look at an issue, it'll look at a statement. And because the people of the world, the leaders of this world, do not follow Christ, there is a lacking of biblical discernment. What they will see is right is actually, in the eyes of the Lord, wrong and evil. And unfortunately, this has come to the church too. We see a mass confusion of what God says is right, and the church sees it as, as wrong and vice versa. For example, I think it was last week, the Church of England is unable to state outrightly what a woman is. They can no longer look at a female and say, this is a woman, look at a man and say, this is a man. They have no definition because they are not thinking biblically. They are not looking biblically. We have brothers and sisters in the Church of England who, who know the truth and are sticking to the truth, but the ones further up are saying, look, we can't even say and decide what a woman is. This is a bizarre thing, because clearly in Scripture, there is discernment, there is clear knowledge of what a woman is, what a man is. But again, there is no understanding, because there is no biblical discernment. And this is what Proverbs helps us to do as we go through it. It will reveal to us what is right and what is wrong. We then come to verse 3, another statement about what Proverbs will help the reader to, to do. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment and equity. So the aim of Proverbs is also to receive the instruction of wisdom. So when wisdom is spoken to us, we will receive it, we will cling to it, we will hold on to it tightly. So when we are living in an unworthy manner and a brother, sister in Christ approaches and says, look, this is what the word of God teaches. We will cling to this wisdom. We will hold tightly. We will be disciplined by it. We won't reject it. We will embrace good correction. Then we have justice, judgment and equity. These three things point us towards righteousness, towards what is good. It teaches us how to live and to honour God and also one another. Proverbs shows us how to be fair, how to deal rightly with people. Again, the world has lost this. We can take the workplace for an example. Now in the world, some employers don't pay a fair wage. We look at employees and some employees don't work for the wage that they get. We see an injustice in various worldly systems. We see people doing things in order to get one over on one another. We see corruption. We see people not dealing with one another rightly. I witnessed this myself when I was working with a young person in Norfolk. He'd been arrested and charged. What he had done was brought a knife into school. Now immediately we may think, oh, that is a terrible thing. He should be arrested. And he was, and he was charged and he was placed on an order. But when you hear the full story... None of this makes sense. There's no correct judgment. There's no justice. There's no equity here. What happened is he got a small pen knife given to him for scouts. He'd taken his backpack from school, emptied it, put his his scout, all his scout equipment in in the knife that he needed to take. He went to scouts, used it there, came home, emptied his bag, put his school stuff back in and forgot he'd got his knife. He found it in school pulled it out, his friends looked, he put it back in, didn't take the blade out, but 
By the law, it states if a child brings a knife into school, he must be arrested. The police came in, he was arrested, and he was charged. There was no wisdom, there was no judgment, there was no justice done rightly there. Chaos had ensured because people had no wisdom, they had no common sense. And this is what happens when we come away from scripture, when the world refuses the things of God, when it it dismisses the wise words that we find in scripture from our Lord. We then move on to verse 4, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. Subtlety to the simple, this is shrewdness to the naive. This is to give a better judgment, a better insight. For the young man, knowledge and discretion. A young man has little life experience. He has no life experience in how the world works. But if we surround ourselves with scripture, if the young man goes to scripture and reads it, it will give him wisdom. He will see again what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil. Even though there is no life skills developed, the word of God will do this to a young believer. They will be given skills to live. They will make the correct choices in difficult situations. They will be careful in action and speech. Their mouth will not just blurt things out, but they will be calm, measured and thoughtful. This is because they have insight. They understand what the word of God teaches. They understand how to live in a way honouring to God. They are wise in their thinking. We then come to verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. So we come to the evidence of a wise man now. What actions does a wise man take? Well, they will hear, they will listen, they will pay attention. So when they listen, they will respond rightly. They won't just hear it, they won't just hear whatever someone is saying, but they will think about it. They will understand it. They will not be dismissed, but they will take it into their mind properly. As the saying goes, it won't be just in one ear and out of the other. They will dwell on what is said to them. And that's in, in that manner, they will know how to deal with what is said. They will either obey what is what is said to them if it is right, or they will dismiss it if it is wrong. But they will engage and they will listen. They will hear. They will also increase in learning. They will increase in the in the knowledge of God. We know in the New New Testament, Paul speaks to a church and he says, "Look, I'm giving you milk, but you should be on meat." That's because they are not wise in the things of God. There will be spiritual growth. There will be an increase in learning for the man of God. They will become a man of understanding. And how that that comes about is what we see at the end of verse 5. They shall attain unto wise counsel. Now this is this is a big thing for believers today. Well, it's, it's been a big thing throughout history. But for us today, it is an essential thing to, to understand. Who do we go to for counsel? If there is an issue with anything in our lives, where do we go for counsel? Do we go to Christ? Do we go to God? Do we go to brothers and sisters who are wiser than us? Or do we go to the world? 
the world cannot wait to get a hold of believers, to tear them away from Christ. They can do this, the devil will do this through spiritual attacks, through physical attacks. But sometimes we give them the chance. We give the devil a chance to work when we dismiss the things of God, dismiss our brothers and sisters and seek the help of the world. Proverbs here states we should seek wise counsel. Wise counsel can only come from people of God who will speak to us using the word of God. So that's what we must do. We must seek wise counsel from our brothers and sisters who will bring the scriptures to us. And with that, we will know what is wise, what is unwise. We will know what is true, what is false. We will understand that the source of all wisdom is from Christ. And with all of this, we will, yes, we will discern what is right and wrong. But on a deeper level, we'll know why something is right and wrong. We won't just see it and think, okay, that's the right way to go in a manner where we are just copying. But we'll understand the depth of why something is good and righteous and why something is evil and wrong. But then we move on to verse 6. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. When we read the Proverbs, when we understand them, when the, the word of God here in Proverbs works within us, we will understand Proverbs. We will be able to, what this is saying is, interpret the words of the wise. When somebody speaks to us, we will understand it clearly. And when it says here, dark sayings, what that refers to is not things of evil, not things of Satan, but dark sayings, the things that are difficult to understand. When somebody makes a statement... There'll be obvious parts to it, but there might be some obscure that some parts that are obscure that we have to think about, that we have to try and discern. When we read Proverbs, when we put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God, we will start to understand things at a deep, deeper level. If you think about back when you were first saved and you thought about some of the things um, that you thought and how your 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 mind your um, your thoughts have developed and grown through through God's word. This is what it's speaking of here. We will grow in understanding. We will understand things to a greater depth. I remember before I was saved, I remember having a discussion at a at a table of of um, believers from a church, and I'd stated that I'd heard that, and I thought was correct that God. Um, God loves loves the sinner but hates the sin, that the sin and the, the sinner were separate. And the majority of people who, who professed believers agreed, yet there was one man who stood up in wisdom and said, no, that is wrong, you cannot separate the sin and the sinner. And he explained that. And that, that again, was something that played a part in my salvation because I understood that actually that sinful behaviour was from a sinful person. It shouldn't be separated. And... and there was a growth there because somebody wise had spoken something to me. There was a man of great understanding who knew the depths and, and the truths of Scripture. So when we read Proverbs, we'll, we will grow in knowledge. We will understand complex things. We will listen to people and understand what is right and true and correct. We will read a verse in Scripture. We'll understand the simplicity. And when we go over time and time again, we will see the depths and the truths of scripture. We will increase 
in learning, our minds will be built up. We will see how we should live for God. But there is one issue. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The only way we can receive Proverbs, the only way we can understand them and not hate them, the only way we can grow in the knowledge of God is if we have a different heart from the one that we were born with. From this sinful heart, there must be a change in us. And this comes about from what we read in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, when we were born, we were born in iniquity. We were depraved. We did not want God. We did not desire God. The things of Scripture are spiritual. The depths and the truths of Scripture can only be understood fully and rightly by those of faith. So there is only one thing that can happen. We must change. How does that come about? Well, we go and look at verse 7. The fear of the Lord is is the beginning of knowledge. So how does the fear of the Lord help? Well, I want to look at this in just two short sections. First, we have the fear of the Lord at salvation. The moment we come to realise that we are an enemy of God, that we have sinned against their holy God, that we have broken his commandments, that there is to be a judgment, that there is to be eternal punishment for those who have sinned against God. There is a good and right and proper fear of the Lord who understands these truths. When we hear these things, we can, we will cry out what the Philippian jailer cried out. What must I do to be saved? The answer was, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the fear of the Lord at salvation drives us towards Christ because we are in need of a saviour. When we understand that we are a sinner, that there is a holy God who we will answer to, either when we die or when he returns, we will be face to face with a just and holy God. So when somebody speaks of Christ and tells us that there is a way to be saved by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, we run to the cross and we trust in him for salvation. You see, this right fear, this correct knowledge of fear will drive us to Christ for salvation. And we understand this because we know that Christ bore the burden that we could not. He became sin for us. He took on our sin, gave us his righteousness. He received the wrath of God that we should have received. He suffered what we should suffer. He went through the things that should be on us. Christ was punished on the cross. His blood was spilt for us. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's because a true and holy and right fear drives us to the cross. The second section here, when we think of the fear of the Lord, is the one after, when we are saved, when we have understood that Christ is the only way of salvation and he has drawn us to him and we trust in Christ for salvation. 
We no longer fear the judgment of God. We no longer fear the wrath of God because that has been dealt with. In Christ, we are no longer under judgment. He paid that penalty. But we fear God reverently. We are in awe of God. So when we, again, as believers, when we see the fear of the Lord, it is an awe of God because we know our heavenly Father. See, the work of the Holy Spirit in us helps us to understand the word of God. And it builds a picture in our minds and in our souls of of who our God is. And if we are truly um, saved and we we are growing in, in wisdom, we will fear God more and more. We will understand how holy and how wonderful he is. And this is delivered to us by the means of grace. We had communion this morning. We understood what Christ did for us because he took on the wrath of God. We read God's word and understand how holy and how good and we and we look at the attributes of God and we see the truth of God there. We pray. We sing to the Lord. He is blessed with these these things so we come and we fear him rightly. We are in awe of God. And when it says knowledge, again we have to remember it's not a worldly knowledge. It's not a knowledge to to pass an exam, to get a job. It's a knowledge of God, his character, his attributes, his will. Now, the the benefits of Proverbs is of a spiritual use. Yes, a person in the world can come who doesn't believe in Christ, read them and gain some insight into how to live rightly. And that will be a blessing to them. But it won't do anything for their salvation. But for those who are redeemed, those who are washed clean by the blood of Christ those whose minds and hearts have been changed, Proverbs will draw us closer to Christ. When we study them, when we see them, we will see Christ there. And this is because when we are saved, when we are called and brought to Christ, we have the mind of Christ. Yes, the the purpose of Proverbs is to know wisdom, instruction, to receive instruction of wisdom, justice, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Yes, Proverbs does these things, but only because it speaks of us, of our Lord and our Saviour. There is no greater wisdom, there is no greater man than Jesus Christ, and Proverbs will drive us towards Jesus. Proverbs will reveal to us more and more about the character of Christ. Now, the second part of verse 7 gives us a comparison. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There is a warning here for for those who don't fear the Lord, for those who don't honour God, for those who reject Christ. So fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fool in scripture is someone who mocks at guilt, who when it is revealed to them that they are guilty before God, they mock it. The fool in scripture is also quarrelsome. They will argue, they will fight. The fool in scripture also has no moral restraint. They're licentious, they give way to sexual desire. And they are unable to be instructed. When we think of these things, do we not see it in society today? So we've just come out of June. What is June known for now worldwide? We see flags flying and it is named after a sin. 
it's Pride Month. There is a perversion, there is nonsense, there is a rejection of God's ways. Doesn't that fit this description perfectly? Obviously. But what about the average person? We can look and we can say, look, that's obviously against God. But what about the average person? Well, if the average person rejects Christ, they too are despising wisdom. They they despise Christ. If they look and deny their need of a saviour, if they look at Christ and say, I don't need saving, I'm fine by myself, I'm a good person, as the majority of the world believes, they mock their guilt. They say, oh, no, 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 I don't need saving, I'm fine, I will earn my own salvation. They even argue against God and find ways to try and reject the scripture. They may even say, look, I don't fall into to anything. I, I'm married, I love my wife, da, 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 da. But what does the scripture say? If you lust after anybody but your wife, you, you commit adultery. But they don't want to adhere to these things. If they tell a white lie, they're still a liar. If they steal a small amount, they are still a thief. If they hate, they are guilty of murder. But they mock these things. So we can look to the obvious and think that, yeah, that in the world is is awful and sinful, which it is. But the average person will think they are okay before God. And they, and if they think this, they too are a fool. And we may sit here, if we are believers and we love the Lord and think, yeah, that is a terrible thing. But we too, we must remember we too, we're like these. It is only because of the work of Christ and the goodness of God that our eyes have been opened to these things, that we see sin for what it is. And when we see sin for what it is, God has given us the grace for when we still commit sins, we are still fallible human beings, we can run to him and seek forgiveness. We fight against the flesh and we have a God who will help us fight against the sinful desires of our heart. So while we can look and say, yes, the world is bad, we must also adhere to what we read in Proverbs. We must again go back continuously to seek the wisdom of Christ. We must remember we are saved by the grace of God. That if we receive instruction, it's only through the grace of God. If we know what wisdom, if we know what justice, judgment and equity is, it's only because the Lord has revealed that to us. If we hear an increase in learning and become people of understanding and we seek wise counsel, that's only because God has done a good work in us through his son Jesus Christ. And the only reason we feared the Lord is because the Holy Spirit opened our eyes to, to our sin and drew us close to, to God. And through Jesus Christ, we are saved from our sins. So when we look to Proverbs, when we see these things, if we do these things, we only do them by the grace of God. And if we don't do these things, then we fall at our knees and we pray and seek the Lord and help him, and ask him, to help us to grow in the things of God. Amen.